Welcome to a special edition of Under Construction. I'm Rodney. I'm to Jamal. Me, brother Kaiser Sose. What's up, y'all? And to the right of me is uh, Brother Jamal, the angry black friend Darby. How you guys doing this evening? Man, I'm awesome. What's going on, Mr. Rodney? Kaiser? I'm here, man. It's, it's, it's been an interesting uh, 24 to 48 hours. Uh, to say the least. The group of people is going to get some work. They uh, <laughs> are. <laughs> oh man, yeah. So uh, <laughs> know that I am very petty. And, uh, <laughs> so you'll be Facebook jail, you're saying? <laughs> Four years to give this work. <laughs> Petty right, power guys. activate. But go ahead, man. I'm sorry. All right, guys. The, the the reason why we have a special show today is uh we recently partnered with the uh the office, the front office insiders, uh, and we've been given a task. So we've been given the Oklahoma City Thunder. And the Charlotte Hornets, and we're tasked to move these kind of nudge these teams along into the right direction. And uh, this is an interesting uh, this is this will be an interesting exercise. Uh, OKC is uh, just coming off a playoff berth, a surprise playoff berth. Uh, right now, they don't have a coach. Billy Donovan is now in Chicago. Uh, guys, who are some of the uh, head coaching candidates that that you may be interested in in the position for OKC? Well, you might as well bring up all the retreads that never won anything that the Hornets game. <laughs> 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 usual suspects there, but I'm gonna. I, I've been a huge fan of Fizdale. Uh, you know what he did a few years ago with Memphis. With Memphis, he didn't get enough credit for that. He took a team that really wasn't supposed to win anything and made them a competitive. Uh, playoff team in the Western Conference. I mean, it, that team wasn't as, you know, they didn't have a, they had a lot of talent on the roster, but no real superstar talent. And they, you know, I know that they didn't, didn't win the playoff series in the West, but to even make it and be competitive says a lot. Um, that was one of the guys I wanted in Charlotte. And of course he goes to the Knicks because I mean, Why? yeah, it's, it, well, I mean, it's New York, you know, big time in, yeah. Wait, 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 wait. Be, make sure make sure you're clear about something. He turned down the Charlotte Hornets job to take the New York Knicks job. Let's just want to throw that out there. Yeah. So uh, I'm, I'm, I'm wondering if he regressed that decision, uh, you know, looking at the direction of those two teams. But I, I think him going back to the Western Conference, OKC, they actually have a we'll talk about this a little bit more, but they actually have a lot of talent on their roster. It's a pretty yeah. good roster. It's going to have a little bit of turnover, but they've got some young guys I, I think that he could do well with, considering they were playoff teams somehow last season. Uh, Fisdale would, would be my pick. Jamal, so who, who, would, who would be your pick? Um, I, I'm probably the, the first name that comes to mind is Kenny Atkinson, man. And because I, I, really, I really thought he got a, a real raw deal in Brooklyn. I just don't see. To this day, I still don't see a reason why why they um, gave up on Kenny Atkinson so soon, man. He had a roster that was depleted with injuries, uh, got the very best out of those guys. And to my knowledge and to, to the reports I've seen, everything was, was well in the locker room. So, again, man, it's just hard for me to come up with a reason why he's still not with the Brooklyn Nets unless they were just hell-bent on just simply making a splash and w whether that splash makes sense or not. Um, Kenny, Kenny Atkinson has had a, a big hand in player development. Uh, he has a, he's had a big hand in Spencer Dinwiddie's development with the Nets. Yeah. Um, 
you know, and, and OKC has a lot of young guys who who we can uh, you know work that same magic with, man. I think that's a really good fit. Um, so yeah, that's that's my pick. Uh, well, for me, um, I, I was kind of thinking out of the box, uh, maybe like a Sam Cassell, uh, a point guard in the NBA, a rather successful one, uh, has that experience on uh, Doc Rivers' roster. Um, he would be a new coach you can hand the reins to, and he he, he would help this this young team grow. Um, and, and also, I also wanted Kenny Atkinson because of what he did in Brooklyn. Uh, that was just a tremendous job. That team gave the Charlotte Hornets hell every year. They mm. came prepared to play every game. Absolutely. Go ahead, Jamal. No, I, I was I was just gonna say uh, just um, more more of the same thing, man. And I just think he he may be a better fit with the smaller market because you have a Brooklyn Nets team who has an owner who just loves to make splashes. <laughs> this is the same owner who who signed an you know an over the hill Kevin Garnett, Joe Johnson, and and Darren Williams. So, you know, I just don't think Kenny Atkinson was, was a good fit in that regard. Uh, OKC, a little more sensible. They, they like to make good basketball decisions. They're not out to just simply make splashes and to simply make noise. They just want to make the, they just want to pick the right guy. And Kenny Atkinson just may be that the right guy for that particular program for that particular gotcha. franchise. Gotcha. You know, uh, OKC has been uh, kind of an enigma for me. You know, a lot of people forget they used to be the Supersonics. Mm-hmm. And when were the Supersonics? Were they ever bad? Not really, no. Not really. A very short period in which somehow Richard Cho was able to help draft Kevin Durant, Russell Westbrook, and James Harden. How, if, and the boxer, too. <laughs> that's absolutely crazy. You know, but, uh, you know, they, they drafted Kevin Durant when they were still in Seattle. And then they come to OKC, and they're, like, instantly good, even making it to the finals in 2012. And even though, you know, that team has been bro- broken up for some time, but they – to be a perennial playoff team in the Western Conference is absolutely incredible. It is just – they are so underrated. And when Russell Westbrook left, I think a lot of people thought, okay, all right, so now that, now comes the rebuild. Yeah. Like, I'll have Chris Paul, who – Shows he's not as washed up as people think that he is. Shy Gilgis Alexander had a great sophomore season. They got Steven Adams in the middle. Um, clearly, the rebuild wasn't last year. However, having said that, I think they're going to lose some presence in the middle. Um, Nerlens Noel, his contract's up. I don't see uh, – they, 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 I mean, at this point, you don't have a coach. Right. Uh, to me, that, that 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 that's the ultimate pivot when you don't have a coach, and that you, you you look online today. There's there's rumors of Chris Paul being on the block already. Yeah, exactly. What do you do with Chris Paul? Like, I, I, I read a rumor today that basically they won't they 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 don't they prefer not to trade him to a losing team. So mm-hmm. that being said, what are what are some of the packages that, that that you're actually looking for from teams at this point for Chris Paul? Look, listen, as much as I hate to help the Los Angeles Lakers in any way, shape, or form, I I feel like you may get the most assets back from the Lakers. You can package Chris Paul for, uh, you know, whatever first-round pick that the Lakers even have left at this point, and Kyle Kuzma, who at this point may not be a good fit for the Los Angeles Lakers. And, you know, they may not be it, 
But, you know, that's just something to think about if you're truly hell bent on sending Chris Paul uh, to a contender. Um, I have actually and there's one more crazy kind of out of the blue thought that I've also thought about was Chris Paul. And I I know people are going to look at me crazy when I say this. I've actually had a scenario where Chris Paul goes back to the Clippers because <laughs> I because I actually think that with that roster that they have now, plus Chris Paul minus a Pat Beverly, hint hint wink wink, that's a better situation for yeah. both teams. So I, I think that might work though if Kawhi stays. I think no, that that's the only way it works. Now let me yeah. let me be clear about that. Yes, but so, go ahead. I'm sorry. No, 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 no. I was gonna say I, I, the Clippers' idea is one I never thought of, and I think that roster, if if you can somehow get them to to gel uh, enough to you know to to be able to beat the Denver Nuggets, it, you know the addition of Chris Paul, I think, would be great. But the the problem, with Chris Paul's contract, man, forty million a year. Who's gonna yeah. want to take on forty million dollars for the last two years? Uh, so, uh, really. You got to find a team that wants to do Chris Paul a favor. We're going to get you this championship or this NBA Finals appearance, like, as a favor. So that's the Lakers. <laughs> right. The, the two yeah, LA teams and who else? Right. I, I, mean, I mean, I mean, looking at it, one team that, to, to me, that, that you can probably try to make a package deal for, uh, you can look at Miami, man. Yeah. If you try to pry back like a Tyler Hero, uh, somebody young like that, and, and just kind of match up salaries like an Iguodala. Yeah, uh, uh, is, you know, although he played very well in the playoffs, admittedly, uh, you know, I've always been on the obvious side of the Kimba versus Dragic debate, but Goran Dragic, he, he played very well, even against Kimba Walker in the playoffs. But do you see him sustaining that? Who would you, you know, would you I, I, listen, I take I take Chris Paul any day, day of the week, man. Any day of the week, man. And I hey. certainly see, no. I was gonna say I could see OKC maybe making that. Well, okay, we'll send you to heat. They get and, and 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 then and then you can also look at. I mean, I, I hate to I hate to say it like this, man. Milwaukee's kind of desperate. They want to do anything to entice uh, Giannis to stay. Okay, yeah, right. You can I, you can probably get a, a first round to pick a two out of them. I mean, maybe this year or next, and maybe you get a young player like a uh, DiVincenzo or a uh, or uh, or a Brown, Sterling Brown, whatever, and maybe you can kind of build some type of package around that. You maybe uh, have to take back like a bad contract, like a Bledsoe or something like that. But that, to, to me, that that's enough to get Milwaukee over the edge. And Chris wants to be in a position to actually play for championships. So that kind of works out for both teams. But, I mean – well, in the long run, look, if, if the Knicks have the best package, I'm taking that package. If you're OKC, okay, though, you at, at some point, you I mean, of course you want talent, but there are going to be players you need. What The question is, what do you do with Steven Adams? He's going to be in the last year of his contract, and he's kind of been like a linchpin for the Thunder. Uh, you have to move him. Yeah, exactly. You have to move him. Um, so you really, do you want a big back? Like, like but, I said earlier, but- Andre Robinson, they're gone. So, but this is this kind of begs the question to both of you guys' point. If you're OKC, and this has been said before by actually our former general manager here in Charlotte, Richard, the, wor- the worst thing to be in the NBA 
is in the middle of the pack, so to speak. Yeah. OKC is middling. They're a young team. They're entertaining. They actually they have pieces. Let's let's be clear about that. But as it stands right now, they are a middling team. So the decision with Stephen Adams becomes that more much more complicated. Not only just Stephen Adams, but Danilo Gallinari as well. Mm-hmm. Danilo Gallinari, who's a veteran in this league, who's a, who's an excellent shooter, has some longevity. I'm sure at some point he wants to go to a contender as well. I'm sure he doesn't want to stay on a middling team. Now that is important because if you're talking about packaging Chris Paul, there's a likelihood that you're probably going to have to send something else as well. Danilo Gallinari, in my opinion, is probably the perfect piece to send along with Chris Paul somewhere else to get whatever you want back. See, Jamal, but here's the problem. Danilo's a free agent. And so basically the market – so the market right now, it's, it's, it's so uncertain. We don't know what the salary cap number is going to be in the future. So we, we may have to actually help out Danilo in this point and try to facilitate a sign of trade. Um, Which is maybe, what I was getting to, but yeah, you're, yeah. go ahead. Yeah. Basically, you go ahead. Uh, and, but, and, but herein lies the problem with that, man. Danilo Gallinari has, I, I, well, you know, his contract last year was $22 million. Don't know if he commands that kind of money in the free agent market this year, but I don't think it's far off. So <laughs> this gets more complicated as it goes along. So let me ask you a question. Looking at our young guys, is Shea Gilders Alexander the future of the team? Is he a future superstar or he's just – or does he project to, you be a, a, to, to be a good Robin in the future? Like – do, do, do you need to go ahead do you need to go ahead and try to build around him or try to add that guy you, you understand what I'm saying I, I I will not answer your question directly I'll answer it this way you give him a second contract most certainly you most certainly give him a second contract but you have you, we have to ask ourselves just your same question basically is he gonna command first team all-star type of money is he a max guy that's the decision you ultimately want to make to me no. I, I see him more of a of a, of a second Robin type of guy. Now, this you know, we don't have crystal balls. We don't know what future draft picks are going to look like or future free agents. We don't know where the Batman is going to come from, so to speak. Um, the the team we'll talk about in a few minutes has the same problem. <laughs> but again, I signed to a sec- I signed to a second contract, and I go look for my Batman. Basically, gotcha. What about you, Gaza? Yeah, no, I agree with that. I think you treat him like like uh, our home team treated Kimba at the end of his rookie. You know, they gave him a kind of like, okay, let's see how good you really are deal. And essentially they underpaid him. And although <laughs> when it came time to pay him, they didn't. But um, <laughs> it ended up working out for everyone. And I think OKC has to do a similar move. I think Jay, Jay Gilders Alexander, clearly he's talented. Uh, he's got a lot of good potential. And he's been thrust into a position of leadership. Or, or he will be, rather, when Chris Paul leaves. I think we're all pretty certain on that. So um, so he's going to really have a, a chance to really show what he's worth. And I think at the end of his contract, you obviously you don't give him max or anything close to it. But you make him a good deal. You you put him, 
you make him offer right around at his market value. I don't know if he's going to be a, a RFA. Uh, yeah, RFA. Okay, so yeah, be here about two years from now. So you mm -hmm. pretty much you match whatever the market is for him. Other teams are going to want him. Absolutely. And, um, so you just kind of like how uh, Utah did with Gordon Hayward back a few years ago. Same kind of thing. You look and see what the market is. You match it. You keep him around, and then when he's a UFA, um, then you know, then you reevaluate. But I, I don't think he'll be like an All NBA, uh, you know, player. Maybe All Star, like maybe not a starter kind of guy. Okay, see, they certainly need uh, a guy to be the man, especially yeah. in the conference playoffs. We saw. The reason Utah and Denver were competitive despite not having superstar talent is because they had guys who were like, okay, I'm going to step up and, and be the be the man. Right. Okay, guys. So uh, speaking of being the man, OKC, thanks to uh, the Clippers and the Miami Heat, they have a treasure trove of picks. So I'm, I'm going to read this out to you. So in 2020, they had their pick. Denver's pick. 2021, they have a swap uh, with Houston and Miami. So they have they basically have a swap, but they have their pick and Miami's pick. Uh, 2022, they have OKC's and the Clippers, their, their own pick. Uh, 2023, they have two picks again in the first round. Same in 2024. 2025, they have one pick. And in 2026, they have three first-round picks. Wow. Crazy. Crazy. So – who like so thinking out? Let's just kind of thinking ahead. Who are some uh, uh, some of the targets that they can target with with, with those treasure trove picks? And I, I'm 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 going to estimate that they will have some cap space as well. Um, that's tough to say, man. Because the first thing that I thought about when you were reading off all those picks is how much value does do those picks have? Because all those picks are from good teams, so. You know, those picks are going to be, you know, the 20th and the 25th and the 30th pick and what have you. Now, not to say that you can't find value in those picks. That's not what I'm saying. But at the same time, you know, the, the chances of doing that become uh, a, a, a lot lower than being in the lottery, so to speak. This reminds me of a Boston Celtics situation. You know what I mean? Like when they offered the Hornets all those picks, we turned down and we basically said we don't see the value in all in you know, those 47 first round picks that you offered us um, as far as what type of player they can go after, man. I mean, you know, I, I, I can see a, a, a good uh, second guy. I can see, a, you know, someone like a Gordon Haywood or something like that. I'm thinking someone like a Towns. Something, somebody like that, man. So, I, I you know, I don't see any uh, like a first team guy being attracted, uh, being, you know, with us getting that back with all those picks, but maybe somebody like those two players. So, I I'm, I'm kind of torn because in 2020 in 2024, I can actually see Houston and the Clippers being pretty bad. I can see uh, the I can see the Rockets being bad by that time. I, I, I can see the Clippers too, man. I mean, Paul George and Kawhi have the ability to opt out next year if, if it doesn't go well, and it's it's, it's it, it, it went to hell last year, this past year. Man, so now I, 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 I'm, I'm not high on that outlet. On that, on that outlook from the Clippers, I, I, I'm gonna I'm gonna ask I'm gonna counter your question with the question. Let's say for argument's sake, the Clippers and the Rockets are bad, and those picks are high. Mm -hmm. Why not just keep them? 
And, and, and that depends on a lot. That depends on how the strong the draft is, where those picks are. Are what stage are we going to be at at that point? Are we going to still be rebuilding at that point? Are we in win now mode at that point? A lot depends on all those. A lot of factors. I mean, for for the exercise, we're we're doing a five year plan. So the goal is not to be the Sacramento Kings. Um, <laughs> I mean, eventually you have to capitalize on these picks. You you you. you you can't be Danny Ainge and, yeah. and, 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 and try to wheel in and, and, and try to get over on people all the time. Eventually, you're going to have to cash in these picks. You can't play the middle and, and the back end forever because, that, right. I mean, Oklahoma's a good market. Oklahoma City's a good market, but Oklahoma City ain't a big market. And I don't know how long those fans stay interested in a losing situation. I mean, right. it, to me, it's kind of a delicate situation. Right. Um, You guys know how I feel about picks i feel like they're, they're generally worthless like literally from a statistical analytic standpoint draft picks themselves are worthless unless your team is 100 devoid of talent or the draft is projected to be really really strong but otherwise picks and especially in the range that we're talking generally worthless now so the question is do we have already enough talent to start wheeling and dealing picks, essentially, um, and I'm not sure. I'm not sure if that's the case. I like them all. Said, why not just why not just keep them? Um, because no team really is going to. Very rarely in the NBA do teams get finessed by picks. The Boston Celtics up to their old tricks again. I don't know if you guys saw the report a few days ago. <laughs> Four first round picks. Nobody wants those because players players are valuable because they're known uh, no commodity. Exactly. No you know it from a player with a pick, it might not be anything. And so, you know, if it's not a lottery pick or in, in the case of this draft, if it's not a top three pick, it's, you know, it might as well be uh, the number 15 pick. So um, I, I, I kind of think we, we just sit on these picks uh, um, unless a team comes to us. See if a team if a team like Minnesota comes to us, but like I said, picks are only valuable to teams that are devoid of talent. And who in the NBA is really devoid of talent to a point where they would want to deal with us? I mean, do we really want to deal with teams that are also devoid of talent? Right, because then it becomes trash for trash. Exactly. You know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> I mean but, 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 but you got to be to me. You got to be proactive. Like you got to be able to identify that distress asset. Like. I'm, I'm going to go back in time, like Utah. If you remember, Darren Williams was traded from Utah to, 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 to Brooklyn. Nobody really knew that the trade was going down. But right. there were rumblings in the background that he was unhappy in, in Utah. So the Nets had they, – they, they had that young piece, the Trevor Trover picks, and, and they shipped it out. I mean, it was a good trade for them. So you you, you have to be able to, to kind of – Realize that 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 the stress asset. Uh, I'm gonna give an example, like Devin Booker. 2021, that draft uh, has been rumored to be the the the, the uh, double draft with high school and and, and 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 college prospects. So the talent pool will naturally be deeper. Say uh, Phoenix is 12th in the Western Conference again next year. Uh, Devin Booker is like, I don't know if I want to sign this extension or I'm a, or I'm unhappy here. 
Mm-hmm. You 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 actually have the pieces. You have a you have a young piece like a uh, Darius Baisley, um, a couple of first round picks, uh, a, a, a Dirks, uh, a, a Dennis Schroeder on the roster to offer Phoenix as filler, plus at least three or four of those first round picks. So I mean, I, I understand what you guys are saying, but I mean, at some like, like but at some point, you got to cash in on those picks. Well, I think at some point you're not going to have a choice because <laughs> in, in the situation of, of Devin Booker or someone like a Devin Booker leaving, that doesn't give you a lot of choice, man, because, again, you know, if, if we're in that seat, we don't want another Kimball Walker situation again. So no, don't want get that. something back, anything, you know, anything uh, you can get back. So You brought up an interesting name, Dennis Schroeder. Uh, the guy was an all-star a few years ago, not a terrible player by any means. Super solid starter level NBA guard. He will, you know, he's making fifteen million dollars. Affordable. Yeah, next season is his last season on the books. What do you do with with him? Do you just let him go, or do you try and keep him? Because sometimes teams need a solid piece like like him. Yeah. I mean, I, I, look, honestly, man, I, I give a call to somebody like a Minnesota. Hey, uh, Dennis Schroeder is, is is expiring. You have this first round pick. Uh, we're not talking number one. You got the seventeenth pick in the draft. Hmm. James Johnson is expiring too. He's making around fourteen, fifteen million dollars a year. So how about this? You need a point guard, another point guard on this team. Hey, let's make this deal. It works out for both of us. We get a first round pick. We get a guy who's expiring who will be a locker room presence as a leader. James Johnson, and who eventually we could buy out, but also we get this most coveted first round pick. You you, you got to think you got to think like that. I think you could use we could use Schroeder. I mean, the guy averaged nineteen points a game last season for fifteen million dollars. Wow. Uh, to put that in perspective, the Charlotte Hornets paid you know eighteen million for Terry Rozier to get seventeen a game. Yeah, to get 17 a game. Although the Hornets, some Hornets fans are very happy with the way the Rozier deal turned out. We'll talk about that. Uh, but, um, but yeah, Dennis Schroeder clearly is capable of scoring points in the NBA despite being a smallish kind of guard. I think um, he would be he would be probably more valuable to other teams, I think, than he would in a future development scenario with, right. with us at, at OKC. And then so, and, and another thing with OKC to me is, you have to find out. Okay, is 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 is, is Shy Giggles Alexander a primary ball handler or secondary ball handler? He I'm glad you said that. And he handled the team himself. I, I'm glad you said that because I, I think we're all in agreement and we're all assuming Chris Paul's not on this roster yeah. uh, this yeah. uh, this upcoming season. So with that being said, I don't move Dennis Schroeder this year. I I I I think he stays put, and I and I and I and I have Shea Gilgis Alexander as an off guard. Um, I worry if if it's me, I worry about the Dennis Schroeder situation next season when he has an expiring deal, and you may have even more flexibility to get even something better back. Because I don't know how much value I put into that number seventeen pick. You know what I mean? So I I wait till next year if it's me. I mean. Uh... So, I'm trying to bottom out at this point. Like, like. Okay, year, all right. Now we're talking. <laughs> next year is the draft. Like, like. I need to find out these critical things next year. Like, look, 
Shy, are you the guy, or do I have to find that guy and ha and have you as the piece to put around that guy, or do I just need to get rid of you? And then like next year is, is a way better draft than this draft. And like, look, I mean, no offense to the teams now. Look, top five pick in this draft. Yeah, next year that 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 that's that's where you want to be. Okay, now we're talking. Now, see, look. Now, if we're trying to bottom out, then uh, hell yeah, I get rid of Dennis Rader with with the quickness, and I do that dealing the heartbeat. Um, first things first, you got to have a direction. You know what I mean? Yeah. And I, I made mention of of the OKC Thunder being kind of a middle of the road team. So if you if we're throwing that middle of the road concept out the window, we're letting Danilo Gallinari walk. We're we're trading Chris Paul. Uh, we're letting Stephen Adams walk. So at that point. Uh, we have no choice but to let SDA be the guy at least this season. So, you know, and, 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 I, and I'll say this, man, even with that being said, if, if we if we bottom out, if, you know, we trade Steven, Steven Adams, Danilo Gallinari walks, and ultimately SDA is the, the piece we have on this team, this team could probably still overachieve a little bit. They Maybe may a ninth or tenth seed, and they could end up, like our beloved Charlotte Hornets and still be with the high draft pick next year. So that way it works out. But well, who I, knows? Here, here's what we want to avoid. We want to avoid having Shea Gilgis Alexander and then nobody else because True. looking at contracts and it, it, that's what it looks like is going to happen. Chris Paul is probably going to leave. Dennis Schroeder, you know, especially if he has another 19 – uh, points a game season next season. He'll be time. going by the deadline. Exactly. We're not going. You're not certainly not going to be keeping for 15 mil. Um, Gallinari's probably gone. Nerlens Noel is gone. Stephen Adams gone. So I mean, who does that leave? Uh, so, so 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 basically, at this point, <laughs> you have a Hamadou Diallo, uh, Darius Baisley, who looked pretty good in the playoffs, a young big, uh, Dort 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 was pretty good. And then you have uh, Terrence Ferguson. I mean, that's your young core, and quite honestly, that's not that impressive. So I mean, yeah, I mean, four, four four players on the roster will be or five will be in their second season. Yeah, uh, that's almost forty five percent of the roster right there. Um, that's going to be to me. That's a that, that can either go one or two ways. Yeah, so now, now we have to decide. I don't want to use the T word, but <laughs> if you got Shay. Hey, hey, so you try to get your Sam Hankey on. <laughs> no, no, you, you you don't have to use the T word. You can use the R word, which is retool. Retool. We can, we can retool this team because all right. So let's say you got Shay and a bunch, and you know, a bunch of guys who aren't as good. We'll believe in that. That could put you in a pretty position. For like you said, for the uh, for the twenty twenty one draft, uh, in which you can we could bring in uh, a high level draft pick to complement him, and then yeah, then we got our Batman and Robin, and then that might OKC. Okay, one one of the, the good things about the Thunder is that we have a little bit of prestige, just a little bit. We've got a little bit that we carried over from the Supersonic days. And teams are not adverse to coming to play here in Oklahoma City. Shockingly, somehow, uh, teams are right. players are not adverse to come here. So you got Shea. We draft a really, uh, you know, high 
projected draft pick prospect. We then we've got all then after that we've got a bunch of people because we got rid of Chris Paul and Stephen Adams. We could possibly look at at that point bringing in a free agent, yeah. um, and then we've got our our big three, and then you know we're only out of playoff contention for about two three years, two seasons. So um, maybe the best thing to do is let it be Shea and a bunch of guys. Yeah, I mean, I mean, you you, you got to take the uh, the Miami Heat approach. They find diamonds in the rough all the time. Who the who the hell knew Dun- who Duncan Robinson was last year? I mean, you, you, you just got to take shots on people at this point. Uh, so we're going to transition to our beloved losers, uh, the Charlotte Hornets. Uh, James Borrego is our coach. Uh, Mitch Kupchak is our GM. And we're assistant GMs. So, guys. Trade everybody. Trade. <laughs> uh, question. Who do we choose starting the draft? And do we make a call to Minnesota – or go to state to try to move up. Kaiser? So, after watching some tape this past weekend, you guys know I've I've been on the mellow ball train since day one. I feel like mainly he's the highest risk, but the highest reward of the projected top three, top four guys. I think him playing in the NBL in Australia is huge. And I know – like that, he only played a season there. Yeah, and there's some debate about how good the NBL is, but that's a pro league. He played with grown dudes for a year overseas. That kind of experience cannot be discounted. However, Anthony Edwards. <laughs> hey, I knew it was coming. Really good basketball. Wow, he's a really good basketball player. And at this point, we maybe need to call Minnesota or Golden State and see if we can put our position. I know the fans want James Wiseman because he's plug and play. You draft him, he starts opening night. He starts with Miles, PJ, Terry, and Devontae, and there's no shakeup, and fans like that. And to be fair, Wiseman, athletic, you know, he's a natural seven-footer. He can do things normal seven-footers can't do. But, have y'all seen Anthony Edwards play? (laughs) I mean, he can do do it all. And if if he's as good as you think that he could possibly be, I don't even really care about the Devontae Terry Rosier situation. One of y'all sitting on the bench. It's as simple as that. One of y'all sitting on the bench. So, so, Jamal. Yeah. Jamal, so – I'm Minnesota, and basically I've decided if I don't get an enticing offer with this first pick, I'm picking your guy, Anthony Edwards. What would you offer to me to move up? Uh, how about whatever the hell you want? How about how about that? Um, I, woo, 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 I don't know about that, man. Uh, uh, <laughs> I have I've I've been on the Anthony Edwards train probably for about uh, maybe one or two months now. I was on a like Kaiser was. I was on a Lamella Ball train, but after seeing film on Anthony Edwards, man, that's the guy, man. And I was and look, this I'm stepping out of junior mode, and I'm gonna talk to you as a fan real quickly. I was just crossing my fingers and hoping to God that the Timberwolves just would not pass up on. Lamelo Ball because that just leaves you know I, I think that would just be a shoe in for us to get uh, Edwards at that point at three. But back to your question as a GM, 
what do I offer Minnesota? Um, I offer Terry Rozier. I offer um, – um, I try my best not to give them a first round pick, but you know, we'll see exactly what they want first as for in regards to a pick is concerned. I give them Nick Patoon's expiring contract, obviously, and I'll take back one of theirs. Um, something to that effect, man. Um, so, so okay, so look. Car I'm 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 uh Rosas from uh Minnesota. So Car Anthony Towns wants to win now. I made a move for uh D'Angelo uh, Russell. I don't I, look. Terry Rozier is cool. I do not want your Nick Batum. Look, I want a 2023 first. You can have Malik Monk. How's that? Hmm. So you got, you know, the the writing may be on the wall with with Monk. You know, well, Kaza, Kaza, let me interrupt you. If 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 Anthony Edwards is at stake. Malik Monk, it's definitely on the yeah, wall with Malik Monk. Absolutely, that's what I, I. I really think here's here's the thing. Golden State is the wild card in all this because they don't need their pick, and you know they're going to play it very very close to the vest. Absolutely. Now what they're going to do? We've heard reports from all three of the major prospects. Well, we think Golden State might want LaMelo Ball. We know they don't want LaMelo Ball. Oh, they might want James Wiseman. They might want Anthony Edwards. They might want this dude from, from Europe. Um, they're kind of the wild card, and I, and I don't think we should deal with them because they'll police us. Right. I, Absolutely. I, I think you go after Minnesota, and I actually think the Timberwolves, Monk and Rozier would be a very good fit on that team, actually, I think. And I, I actually – I like Terry Rozier a lot. I am not mad at the Hornets for making that deal. Um, he's not Kimba, but we weren't expecting him to be, and he's a lot better than a lot of fans who will name remain nameless thought he was going to be. A lot of people thought he was going to come and give us eight points a game, and he ended up maybe being the best player on the roster last last season. I don't know if he will carry that into this season because you would expect Graham, PJ to get better, but. Having said that, for a guy like Anthony Edwards, I, I feel like there's more potential there. Gotcha. I feel like Wiseman is a safe – he's the safe pick. Haven't we always derided our team for making the safe pick? Yeah. Right. Isn't that right. what James Wiseman is? He would be the safe pick. So our choices are a 6'7", six, 6'8", six, facilitating, do-everything guard, or a 6'6", six, 6'7", six, six, guy who can – flat out score has great athleticism on both sides of the court. I like that potential on, on a whole lot better. And I, I really Absolutely. think you do. I think we, we got to talk to Minnesota. Gotcha. And um, I got, I got a question for you guys. So the Wayne Bacon is a free agent. We, we have, we, we, would you bring him back next year? Um, no, especially especially if if somehow some way Anthony Edwards ends up on his team, there's no room for him at that point. Um, he's already he already fell out the rotation. Uh, you know, with Monk playing well towards the end of the season, um, the Martin twins pretty much took Bacon's minutes. You know, midway through the season, there's no room for him. There's just not. And on top of that, you know, there's rumblings uh, uh, of him not necessarily being the best uh, fit in the locker room. So. Uh, at this point, you just cut your losses and you say, "Hey, man, wish you wish you the best of luck." Yeah, he had his chance. He had more of a chance than a lot of players in the NBA. 
could ever wish for. Essentially, James Borrego, and here and here's the thing about what people don't understand about a guy like JB. He puts his neck on the line every time he makes a decision like that because we know that Michael Jordan will hook you, <laughs> uh, <laughs> you know, if 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 you're not up 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 to snuff. So he gave Wayne Bacon a chance, and he could not capitalize for whatever reason. There, I, I'm, there could be a lot of reasons why Bacon fizzled out after being in that opportunity, but he just didn't live up to it. And so it's time for the next guy. Yeah, you may have learned your lesson. You may be better, but we're trying to build a contender here. So, okay. Uh, so, so the Albatross, this is the last year of the Albatross. We have uh, Nick Batum on, on, on the roster. Uh, do we just kind of ride this thing out or do we look for a deal where we take on additional money for maybe draft compensation for, for to, to maybe a team that that's trying to kind of cut salary. I mean, what do we do with, with, with Nick Batum? And then also Cody Zeller, this is his last year. What do we do with Mr. Zeller? Uh, he, to me, he, to me, people will be interested in him, but they're questioning his kind of his health history. What, what do you guys do with those two gentlemen? With Nick Batum in particular now, the, you know, we we all know we may not have a choice with Nick Batum. We 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 just may be stuck with the guy, and it's only one more season. So just be patient, Hornets fans. Now, as far you you always have to look for a deal. You always have to be on the phone with teams, uh, dangling that expiring contract, like you said, Rodney, for draft compensation. I'm going to throw y'all a curveball, and this is something Bleacher Report brought up today. I usually hate Bleacher Reports. Uh, trade scenarios and suggestions, but this one caught my eye today. It was something to the effect of Nick Batum uh, uh, going to, uh, I believe, Milwaukee and Andrew Wiggins actually ending up on the Charlotte Hornets, and and us giving and us giving up a, a a second round pick. And I and I wish I had this trade scenario so I could read y'all the exact thing. But if something like that presents itself. I take it all day, man. I, I really do, and I, I know. But so, and it, and the thing is, Rodney, to give up an albatross, you're gonna have to take back an albatross, and at least you have some talent in something like an Andrew Wiggins. If that's the albatross you take back, so and so, keep, now keep this in mind before I'm gonna let you go. Keep this in mind. This particular trade scenario, which I wish they had the details. This this trade scenario had us moving up to the number two pick. Let me make sure I make that clear as well. Um, you guys remember a few years ago when we traded for Timothy, Timothy Mozgov and everyone, oh, what is Mitch doing? How many, right. minutes did he play? How many minutes did he play that season? He, he didn't make it to the He didn't yeah. make it to the gym. Yeah, he didn't make I, it to the gym. I think Mitch is going to pull off something similar. Batum will be gone. We're going to get, I don't know, Tristan Thompson, somebody, you know, somebody like that. He's a free agent, actually. Uh, that's right. He is. A, he is a free agent. Um, you know, Batum can be whatever. I, I really. It, if we could get even this much, a pack of bubble gum. Thank you. you know, Thank you. A box of tie because I'm low. So, <laughs> <laughs> hey, Kaiser, Kaiser, Rodney. I'm gonna give y'all a simple math equation. All right. What do you get when you replace nothing with something? You get something. Nothing, Nick right. Batum has given us nothing. 
So if you get back an albatross that can give you anything, it's a win for you. Right. So, so, so you always got to be looking for a deal, man. So I, got a, so I got a question for you guys. So I, I got a very important question. Long-term outlook. We didn't expect P.J. Washington to be this good this early. Uh, Mitch said that he may have may, – maybe spending some time uh, in Greensboro before last season started, which kind of alarmed a lot of us. First game out, scores 27 a game. 27 the first game. Um. Miles Bridges, up and down first two years. Uh, his best position to me is the power forward. PJ plays power forward. What do you do there? Who do you keep long term? Do you do 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 you keep well, there, 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 the three? There's, uh, this narrative with Hornets fans that PJ and Miles are the same player, which I don't agree with. Yes, I do not agree with that. They are different. Miles is more athletic than PJ Washington. Although PJ Washington is pretty athletic, but but Miles is yes. Danny says don't trip too. Um, We're not gonna have a choice, but yeah. yeah. Uh, so I, I think you could make that work, but I think Miles might have the shortest reach. I think we saw a little bit more out of PJ his rookie season than we saw out of Miles his rookie season. Right. Although Miles took a big step. Last season, especially near the end of the season, he just needs to work on his consistency. That's his big issue. Uh, we saw some flashes from him, and then you know, and then he would struggle to get in a groove the next game. PJ was more consistent. He wasn't, you know, he didn't have the huge spikes except for the very beginning of the season, but he was generally more uh, consistent. So um, I, I think you find a way to make that work. Also, I want to talk real quick about Cody Zeller. I think you find a way to bring him back for about what he makes now and keep him in a backup role. Simple. I, I, I'm 100% with you on Cody Zeller. And because our, our center situation, um, I'm not going to say it's it's complicated, but we just have too many centers on the roster. And, you know, that, that could even be even more complicated if we draft a guy like James Wiseman. Uh, you know, there's no reason to have four centers on a roster, man. So I, I'm I'm with Kaz as far as Cody goes. You just find a way to bring him back for a good deal because a, a backup role is what suits him the best. Um, you know, and, and like I said, man, as far as far as uh, uh, Nick Batum goes, man, I think we're stuck with him. So <laughs> gotcha, gotcha. I, I got another question for you guys. So uh, Bismack Biombo and uh, Willie Hernan Gomez are free agents. Uh, do we make a run at them or we just kind of let them wash away? <laughs> um, I, I, I'll say this, man. Uh, Willie Hernan Gomez had a very team-friendly deal. Um, I, I don't know what he's going to command uh, this offseason. Um, I don't think it will be in the neighborhood of what Bismack Biombo uh, made last year, and I know it shouldn't be. Yes, with, with, with that being said, uh, Willie – you know, we don't know who we're going to draft at this point. So that pretty much leaves the same changes that we had, you know, from the previous season. If, if, if we're, you know, if we, if we go into the season with Cody Zeller and Willie Hernan Gomez, uh, I think you resign Willie to a very, to try to resign him to another team friendly deal. Uh, you try to do that first. If you can't come to, you know, an agreement as far as what you want to pay the guy, then you let him walk and we'll find somebody free agency. I mean, for me, I, I, I'm not a fan of Will. Uh, the dude plays defense like he has construction boots on. Uh, 
I mean, I, I, I'm not a fan of his basketball IQ or anything like that. I, honestly, I'd rather bring back Biz to be that third center. And, and, and most importantly, he's a good piece in the locker room. For a young team like this, you need that veteran presence in the locker room. Nick Batum ain't going to cut it, whatever. But uh, Biombo has to be that piece to me. Uh, also, I got a question for you as well. Say we draft uh, Anthony Edwards. Who would you look to target to bring in a, as a big guy for this roster? Would you try to make a deal or would you just look into free agency? Um, I look at free agency. I and and I, I kind of, you know, I, I I echo the same sentiments that uh, Mitch Kupchak has said as far as free agency is concerned. Man, it's not like we're in the position to kind of go after the big fish anyway. Um, at this point, a serviceable a serviceable big man, uh, it's you know someone who who's a who's a rim defender and a better rebounder and better rebounders than what we have now. Is who I go after. I don't have any exact names off this point. I have to pull up the free agent list, but you know, I, I try to find a serviceable big man in free agency. I try honestly. I look at somebody like a. Uh, you're gonna hate me for saying this, like a Tristan Thompson. He's I wouldn't gonna, be mad at that. He he he's gonna rebound the ball, play solid defense, uh, not a high maintenance guy, and 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 will just bring that energy every night. Um, he he may want to team up with LeBron. But I mean, at this point, you have more money than the Lakers. Hey, offer him twelve million dollars a year. I mean, does he really say no? Twelve million he, in the starting role. He shouldn't say no. What about you guys? Like the question I asked was, okay, say you draft Anthony Edwards, and you need a big guy now. Uh, Willie's gone. You, you, Zeller's not an ideal starter anywhere at this point. He's he's a serviceable back serviceable backup. Who would you bring in as a big guy, free agent wise, or would you make a trade for one? That's tough. I mean, the Hornets are probably, or we're probably going to use up all of our trade capital around the draft. Yeah, you know that's the plan. So, really, we yeah, we've got to look at free agency. Danny Thompson says keep Biz. Biz makes a lot of money though. He's a free agent. He's a free agent. Is he? Oh, he's a UFA. This. This conversation, yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah so, 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 I'm gonna go back. You were gone. I'll be, so, honest, I'll be honest. I think I would keep him for a locker room presence. Fans, mm -hmm. fans are going to hate to hear this, but I think you make Willie and Cody work. You make that work mainly I, because I what, said the same thing when you're yeah. gone, bro. <laughs> what, what else? What else you gonna do? I mean, a, yeah, a guy like Tristan Thompson is serviceable, but is he really that much better than a developing Hernan Gomez or? or yeah. Yeah. Well, he he might he might be, but is he is he good enough to have to make deals and and sign a new contract? Wait, wait, wait. Time out, time out. Are we still calling Bismack Biombo develop developing at this point? It's, it's Hernan Gomez. Okay, okay. <laughs> I mean, look, look, man, Hernan Gomez is like twenty six. I I I I think Buddy's developed. I mean, I just don't. I mean. He, he looks like he, he on defense. He looks like in the career Kendrick Perkins. Like high <laughs> position in the NBA is not as important. True as as it's been maybe ever. So if you want to do, if you have someone that can rebound the ball, you're good. Yeah, you got uh, guys. Hey, real quick, Rodney. There's a hot name out there that that's you know it. 
I don't know how you guys feel about this, but I want to throw it out there. Montrez Harrell is a free agent. What do you think about Montrez Harrell? What what, like what kind of de- what kind of I deal like do you Trez. offer him? I like Trez, but my thing is, he will make us extremely small. He he's he's only six seven. Right. DJ's six seven, six six. Uh, Miles is six six. I mean, and and, and then you're starting Terry and uh, and Devontae. Uh, Anthony Edwards would be a big two, but he will make you extremely small. I, I was just looking at the free agent list. I'm gonna throw a name out there to you. He's a little older. He's 31, but I think he might be a good fit. A Serge Ibaka. I actually love Serge Ibaka on his team. I, I, I'm I'm 150% on that train if, if, if a deal like that can be had. Uh, veteran presence. Uh, he can stretch the floor. Uh, uh, good interior defender, man. Uh, veteran presence in the locker room. There To me, there's nothing to not like about Serge Ibaka being on this roster for, for a good deal. I'm, I'm, I'm with it hundred percent. Uh, yeah, I agree. The, the only thing about sometimes it's, it's hard for players to realize they may not be worth guy anymore. Yeah. What he was and Serge Ibaka made 20 plus million next or last season. So he's, he's going to look for a deal close to that and he's going to wait until the market settles and either teams are going to say, no, you're not worth that, bro. Or someone's going to overpay him. We don't want to be the guys that overpay. Yeah. Because God knows that has got us in this mess that we're in now is overpaying yeah, exactly. the wrong guys. So. Exactly. Yeah. All right. All right. Hold on. I got one for you. Y'all going to, y'all going to want to fight me over this. Well, if we bring Dwight Howard back. <laughs> 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 hey, hear me out. Hear nope. me out. Nope. 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 Hear nope. me out. He's a different Dwight Howard than he was. But but is he? <laughs> that's the, I mean, that's the question. The White Howard that came here and played with Kemba wanted to cross dudes up and shoot threes and all kinds of crazy stuff. That Dwight Howard is gone. I think he learned a lot playing with LeBron. We we saw we saw what did he do for LA in the playoffs and particularly the finals. He got played off the floor a little bit. <laughs> yeah, but I mean against younger guys. I mean, we just need someone to get rebounds and just stand in the paint. Dude, look. Dwight Howard don't do that. And he's going to be the, the issue with Dwight Howard before was that he was making $25 million. Now no, look, 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 look. There, there are reports that they got rid of Dwight Howard because they perceived him as a negative influence on Monk. I don't know if that's true or not. And then Dwight and, and Mitch Klubchak don't have a great history. Okay, so uh, you know. Kaiser, I'm a, uh, let, let me let me answer that real quick. I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna just say one thing. Egos rarely go anywhere. That's true. I, I have yet to see a professional athlete's ego uh, ever really leave him before or after that career. <laughs> and I don't think Dwight Howard is gonna. I just don't think he changes as becomes a man, especially now that he has a ring. Now that this guy has a ring. And he's gonna come on the Charlotte Hornets. Yeah, and I, look, man, look, he has a ring and Tia Cooper. We didn't him <laughs> in in LA this past season. It's like he knew because remember Dwight Howard essentially had taken a season off to get butt surgery uh, done. But <laughs> 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 it was so you know and when you're a player and you have to get butt surgery, you don't know where your career goes from there. You're like, this might be it for me. 
So he gets picked up by L.A. and and actually helps them. So I mean, I'm not saying they wouldn't have won the championship without him, but but hey, he was like more than serviceable. Yeah, but th- there's one really big difference uh, about L.A. They they have a guy named LeBron James. LeBron James right. Right. I don't think Dwight was going to – I think, honestly, when he came to Charlotte, he thought he was the best player in the team. He thought that was – Which was the problem. That's exactly what I'm yeah, getting yeah, at. I, I really think he, he honestly believed that he was the best – I mean, he was a – I mean, the guy's a Hall of Famer, and he yeah. probably feels like he's always the same Dwight Howard that carried Orlando to – you know, to the finals. Which is uh, exactly why I don't want him anywhere near here again, man. Okay, all right, all right. All right, one more name. I have a long-term question. Okay. So, is James Borrego the guy to get us a, to get us consistently in the top four in the playoffs? All right, this is going to be a fluid question. This is going to be an ongoing assessment. Right now, and right now on this date in 2020, he absolutely is because the, the trajectory of where we are now versus where he started, I like the trajectory. Again, this is fluid because we all know how quickly things can change in this league. So it's never going to be yes and no going forward. Right now, yes, I like his young energy. I like the fact that he's a young guy. Uh, coaching young guys, and and we and this whole entire franchise is so big on player development right now, which I think he's done a good job of right now. So the running assessment, it, it it'll be a running assessment, but today, as of this date, yes. Got you, Kaiser. Yeah, I think uh, coaches are always going to be polarizing to fans. They just are. Uh, especially when you have a lot of named coaches out there that don't have jobs. Uh, a lot of fans want to see those named coaches because. And they don't have jobs for a reason, but right. I digress. Exactly. Those people do not have jobs for a reason. You know, fans like names. You know, yeah. they, they would, most fans would probably love it if Dwight Howard came back because it's like, oh, we got Dwight, we got D Howard back. You know, he would just want a championship. So I'm going to get Carmelo. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> Carmelo because he was a name. So I think coaches are kind of the same thing. When I look at James Borrego, I see something that that we see in the new NBA, and this is probably why Brooklyn decided to go to Steve Nash. Younger guys and former players tend to be more dynamic in their decision-making. They're not rigid. Steve Clifford was very, very rigid in his decision-making. He never changed rotations. He would ride a rotation all the way down to the triple digits of the box plus minus. He did not care. You knew what his lineup was going to be. You knew what his lineups were going to be. Whereas Borrego, we saw him give Dwayne Bacon a chance. and We saw him give Malik Monk a chance. We saw him play with uh, Miles at the two and the four. Uh, We've seen him put PJ at center before. We've seen him do some crazy experimental things before. And the thing is, is people some some fans got mad at that but that's how you know what works and what doesn't yeah right. coaches that are rigid um you know that's that that's why those coaches tend to not have sustained success 
So I think JB willing to, to experiment and find out, hey, how can I get the best out of this player's ability? What does this guy do and how can I get the most out of it? That's something we haven't had in a coach in Charlotte in a long time, if ever. And I think I think you at least give him two more seasons to make the playoffs. Okay. So 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 our trajectory. Uh we got a lottery pick obviously this year. Uh next year. We, uh, I'm, I'm going to predict we're going to be in the lottery again. So, what do we do in the summer 2021? Do we go after some some high level free agents to, to go for it, or do we continue building with our young core at that point? If you have the money, go ahead and try to spend it, because the danger in not doing so is you're going to end up overpaying. The wrong guys again. 2020 is, is the free agent list is a lot better than it is this year. Um, you know, we're going to be one season older. Uh, hopefully that means that the, the, that the guys what they were trying to develop are one season better. Um, I hope at that point, Devontae Graham um, becomes someone that free agents look, look, looks at and says, you know what? I wouldn't, I really wouldn't mind playing with that guy down in Charlotte. So if we're in that scenario where our developing pieces are attractive at that point, mm-hmm. you got to go ahead and try to make a splash. And that's, that's how mid-market teams become successful. You build, you develop your pieces, and then you have a, a guy, a superstar, or star player who says, "You know what? They need me. Yep, they right. need me, and let's make it happen." Um, that's what really we need. To focus on, I don't think we'll be a lottery team next year, though. I think I wouldn't, and I was gonna say I wouldn't, I wouldn't, I wouldn't be so, I wouldn't be so quick to say that, man. I it, look, it wouldn't surprise me. Don't get me wrong, but I also wouldn't be so quick to say I, I'm, I'm just not certain we'll be a lottery oh, team if, next year. I mean, if we're a lottery team next year, that means we bombed on the pick. I, I no, I mean, listen, 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 listen. Let's look at the actual like rosters. I mean, let's look at the actual Eastern Conference. The Nets will be better. The 76ers, they got a better coach. They 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 also got they'll be the same. They got a new GM, so he's looking to trade too. Um, you got the Celtics who'll be back. Last I checked, Giannis ain't going nowhere. Nope. Miami ain't going nowhere. Yep. Um the Bulls have a better coach now. Uh, so here's the thing. I, I, I know where you're getting at, but I'm not sold that Chicago, Orlando, and New York Washington. are that much better than, than we are. I agree. I, now that sure. I agree with. Orlando is was barely better than us. I mean, barely better than us. Um, and they're not a terrible bad team at all. I, I think if if we hit on this pick, we're right in the mix at from seven or from seven eight nine. We're right and, and, and also keep in mind, man, there are two wild cards with Indiana and Washington, and those are Bradley Bill and Victor Oladipo, uh, who who who've, uh, who have been rumored to not to not be with those uh, uh, said teams coming this season. So th- so that's also a wild card as well, man. So with that being said, next season. You got to – no pun intended, man. We, hey, we got to shoot our shot next season. Hey, I, I hate to say this, man. The Hawks are coming. I agree. 
I agree. Yeah. They're, they're a good young team, man. You they, 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 I mean, you think about this. They, they miss, they, they missed their big man for uh, Collins for about twenty five games at the beginning of the year. Now they got Clint Capella and Collins. We along with Trey. We have to hit on the pick. We do. We need, we need a guy who is as impactful as Trey Young because even if the Hawks are bad, people are going to say, "Well, they got Trey Young," and then him, he's going to attract guys like Clint Capella. To the team, and that's how they're going to get better. That's how we're going to have to get better. We're going to either Devontae, PJ, Miles, or whoever we draft at number three, they're going to have to be so impactful over the next season or so that, you know, star players start looking at, at coming. Okay, I, fellas, I have a takeaway question. So um, recently I was reading an article. Uh, the five, top five NBA teams with the worst outlook. Of course, we like number three or two. Of course. What? So finally, in your opinion, what do we need to get off that list? What do we need to do to get off that list? Man, here's that's a trick question, and I, I'm going to tell you why, man. It's a trick question because we're the Charlotte Hornets, and I, I don't agree with us having one of the worst outlooks. That Let me be very clear about that. So to get off these nationally publicated publications list, we got to get a star. It's as simple as that. When you get a star, the whole outlook, your whole trajectory, everything changes within the blink of an eye, which is why I don't like these outlook lists to begin with, because they are fluid and they can change so quickly. If we look up and we get Anthony Edwards and he is the next Dwayne Wade, like we all hope he is, we're not even on that list next year. You get what I'm saying? So the simple answer is just get a star. Yeah, that's it. <laughs> you have to hit on a pick or sneak into the playoffs and be competitive. You can't if we sneak into an eight seed and then we get like rolled like, by Giannis or or Kemba or you know something like that. Then and is us the Hornet. But if we sneak into like a seven seed and we can take a team to six or seven games. You know, we were in a real good place a few years ago when we took my 87 games. I, actually, they took us to seven games and beat us. Uh, we, you know, we should have won that series. It's a long game, um, And we weren't on any bad outlook list then. And, you know, then the wheels fell off that train. So the Hornets have to get back to that position where we can be competitive with teams that are a little more talented uh, than us. But, you know what? People, I think, write that stuff about teams like the Hornets is filler because they don't know – these guys don't know anything. To, to say the Charlotte Hornets have a, one of the five worst outlooks in the NBA, it's just flat-out wrong. It is flat-out incorrect. It's clear that that person is ignorant of Charlotte Hornets basketball. They just look – And look, I, I have – I have said this at nauseum, and I don't mean to digress too much right now. I promise I won't be long-winded about this. But every time these damn outlooks come out, I always ask the question, man, why is it that teams like the Phoenix Suns, the Sacramento Kings, the Minnesota Timberwolves, teams who have gone a full damn decade without even making the, damn, the Knicks, without even making the playoffs, why is it that they're rarely in worse outlook positions than the Charlotte Hornets? So they, I just they, they, they have that young talent. They, they, they have that. The young talent that never gets them anywhere, right? Yeah, oh, the yeah. Here's the thing. Phoenix Suns have Devin Booker, who is probably better than anyone on our current roster, but they're not yeah. any better than the Charlotte Hornets. So that's my point, man. 
it, but it, go it, ahead. It, I don't want to digress too much, it, man. Anything, that's worse. So, 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 I, so I got a question. So, so finally, I'm looking at a mock draft. I actually don't mind this. So with the third pick in the NBA draft, uh, g- give me your reaction. The Charlotte Hornets select on Yankee Ogunku. Let me just go ahead and close this by y'all. <laughs> <laughs> uh, hey, look, look, man. Look, he's he reminds me a lot of uh my dude from uh Miami. Uh Bam. He reminds me a lot Bam of out of bio. Yeah, he okay. Bam. fair enough, but I don't even think Bam is worth a would is worth a third pick in the draft. The third bye, pick, bye, bye, Kaiser. Bye. The third pick. You think yeah. you think yeah. if they redraft yeah. that draft, he gets picked that high? He probably gets picked fourth, but 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 that draft was so deep, man. I'm yeah, telling you. No, Look, let me, let me ask you a question, Rodney. The fan reaction is they're going to burn down Spectrum Center if that if that's the pick if, if if that's the third pick. However, there are always guys, and I want y'all to really keep this in mind, man. There are always guys who are project who are, who are first projected to be maybe seventh, eighth, around tenth, something like that. That should always go higher than they should than they go. Right. Clay Thompson was one of those picks. Bam Adebayo was one of those picks. Devin Booker was one of those picks. He may be that guy. It look, it's an out of the box kind of thinking when it comes to picking him at three. I just don't think it would, I I definitely don't. I don't think it'd be the worst thing in the world. But our fans are going to riot if yeah. it happens. And, that, and, that, and that's the thing. That's a huge gamble. High risk, high reward. Very high risk. Huge gamble. I agree with that. You know, if if you draft him and he ends up being as good as Bam, then people will. And they gotta roll that dice. Yeah, yeah, they're gonna praise Mitch and JB. They won't praise Michael Jordan. They'll praise Mitch and JB for, <laughs> for finding that diamond in the rough. And of course, the pop comparisons are gonna come. Man, look at what JB brought from the Spurs. You know, they they drafted Kawhi uh, Leonard. You know, we're gonna get all that. The problem is that if you don't draft, there's only three people we can realistically draft and have the city be safe. <laughs> The next night. To your point, you know, Kaiser. Those three people. Yeah. Exactly. To to your point, Rodney. To to both of y'all's point. Who do? Because both. Because it's a gamble. Let's be clear about that. Who do you gamble on? Do you gamble on that guy or I one of the three guys that we projected to pick? I gamble on him. I, I I actually like him more than Ball. I'm 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 not a Ball fan. I. I'm off the ball train myself. I'm off the ball train myself, honestly, man. That defense and his shot release, I don't like it. I'm, I'm just not a fan of it. So here's, I'm, I'm petty. I'm a petty GM, and I, I want to prove to the fans that they might not know as much as they think they do. So we draft one of those three guys, and they fell. Hey, this, these are the guys you wanted. You made it. Look what happens. Now buy season tickets. See, look, see, see, look. See, look. Rich Cho did that. I was in the room when we drafted Malik Monk. Everybody clapped and cheered. Yeah. Well, I don't think Monk was a bad pick at all. He was not. He wasn't the best pick as we as we saw. Uh, but I don't. I don't think he was a a, a bad pick at all. Hey, look, man, y- y'all know I'm going to die on the Malik Monk sword. Y'all know I'm that guy. I still see the potential of Malik oh, yeah. Monk. I still yeah. do. 
And plus, so I, plus there, there's a huge difference in the number nine pick, and we're talking about the number three pick here. Right. We're about the right. Number I mean, this three I mean, pick. I, I think you 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 are almost obligated to let the fans make the pick, unless you unless you have some kind of secret knowledge that the fans don't have, it, because you you can't outsmart yourself. We we've seen GMs do that all the time. I think about D- Detroit and Darko back in what 2003, 2004. Three. One of the worst picks in history. They they outsmarted themselves there. Carmelo um, D. Wade, man. Woof. I, I, listen, yeah. listen, hey, listen. I want, I want to, I want to, I want to go around the proverbial room here. I think we're all in agreement that Edwards is our guy, right? Well, that that's who we ultimately want to end up with, right? Yeah. If he's not there, who's your guy? I'm happy with. I'm, I'm actually happy with Wiseman. I'm happy with any of the three guys. Wiseman, I'm probably I was the lowest on only because I feel like college experience counts, especially when you're a big man. A lot of people will Kyrie only played what, eight games or something like that. One, he, that's eight games, not three. And being and Kyrie was a highly skilled guard, yeah. which yeah. is a lot different in today's NBA. You can be undersized. And have a skill level like Kyrie Irving and be successful without playing a lot of college ball. Whereas the Wiseman, we've only seen him dominate high schoolers. He played three pretty decent games in college. He played against South Carolina State, man. Yeah, against like low tier competition. How's he gonna look when he's banging with even a guy like Andre Drummond? You know, Wiseman's like kind of a you know he's a wiry dude. Yeah, I know he's seven one, but how's he gonna look? Up against uh, Anthony Davis or Andre Drummond or you know, baby. Yeah, he. Yeah, I, th- I, that's why I'm not sold on him. Having said that, I would be happy with either of the picks. Like I said, Wiseman, you plug and play. He starts opening night. You have and you have a very young starting lineup. You can develop Lamelo. Uh, you know, he's he's kind of going to bring the the little bit of star power from these top three picks. He's going to bring the attention and national uh, limelight. Um, I'm good with either. It it is worth noting that there's a report that James Wiseman said he is not interested in being drafted by the Minnesota Timberwolves. So, uh, you I know, can see why they have. Yeah. It doesn't make any sense. It doesn't make right. any sense. So yeah, I mean, um, I, I like Odunku. Uh That's my guy, pick and roll guy, uh, rim runner can defend. Whoa, 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 whoa! Did you say pick and roll? <laughs> Hornets fans, no, no, no. Hornets fans told me. That the pick and roll is not important. And <laughs> the the most basic playing basketball right, yeah. is not okay. Yeah, yeah. Not, not important at all. So. <laughs> all, right, all right, so guys, so guys, I'm gonna recap. So Jamal, give me your answer, and then we're gonna recap. All right. Uh, oh, as, as far as who I want, yeah. Um, Wiseman is my consolation prize. I, cause it's it's the it's the best fan. I don't need. I don't look. I am not so sure he's the best talent available at that point. Uh, but he's most certainly the best fit, so he's my consolation prize. Okay, so guys, to recap, we're OKC. We're in rebuild mode. We get rid of Chris Paul. We let Danilo walk. If he if he, if he can't find anything, we facilitate a sign of trade. We find out if uh, Shy Gildas Alexander is the guy, uh, and we just kind of figure it out with uh, with the rest of the roster. Just kind of figure it out, uh, and then we go big game hunting. After a draft or two, correct? Correct. We're in agreement. For the Hornets, continue to value to continue to evaluate talent. Uh JB is the guy. 
You give him the years. Give him that Matt Rule treatment. Um, <laughs> we're, uh, I'm going to say we'll have to make a decision between P.J. and Miles. It's going to have to come down the line. Um, we do whatever it takes to try to get Anthony Edwards. We we talk. We definitely we're definitely on the phone with the Timberwolves. We're on the phone with the T Wolves. We're willing to take on a bad contract plus some money to to to, to let them get free agents. And then also, uh, I next year we go big game hunting with with our free agent money. We keep Nick Batum. We let him expire. Uh, we keep Cody Zeller as a backup. Correct. Correct. Send it. Call Jordan. Call him. Call him. Just call. Hey, that's the plan I like. Why Why can't we just get on the phone and say, Steph, hey, come play with us? I, I like that plan oh, yeah. better. Man. Yeah, Brady, why don't y'all come play for us together? Right. <laughs> y'all, y'all know there will be a point in time in Steph Curry's career where he could realistically come to the Hornets, but he'll be, it'll be like, he'll be he'll like be 35. Right. Yep. Yeah. It'll be, that's going to be, be y'all age. Right. Yeah, yeah. Basically. Basically. He'll be Del Curry's age. Uh, <laughs> that's be the worst time to be a Hornets fan or staff member because if you don't make, if you don't find a way to get Steph Curry <sighs> here when, at, at age 38, 39, oh, people gonna go crazy. Even though it probably wouldn't be in our best interest to even. It doesn't have to make sense, man. Let's, let's yeah, be clear yeah. about it's that. Be, man, it's going to be like, you know what? I, I, I honestly, at this point, I'll take Seth. <laughs> I, I was hoping the Hornets would make a move for Seth Curry. He could shoot the rock, man, just like his brother. Yeah. Oh, yeah we, well, we, we saw that when he lit us up uh, this season. Yeah. We, we definitely witnessed it. So, but I, I, I just know when Steph's like, hey, you know, uh, the Bay Area was good to me. You know, but I'm ready to look elsewhere. It, it man, boo, the, the form. Man, look, he's a California boy now. But uh, fellas, <laughs> uh, do you guys have any shout outs before we leave? Um, just uh, shout out to everybody who continues to support us through these extraordinary times, man. Just mm-hmm. through all this COVID crap, through this Alexis stuff. Uh, you know, you're watching us on a Zoom call, essentially, man. So that means a lot to us, man. So thank you for uh, continuing to watch us, man. Just shout out to the fans, man. Yeah, sh- and shout out to everyone who voted in for on that point. I want to shout out the baby. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah, man. A tumultuous week. You know, he did a lot to get people in Charlotte out voting. So anything i ever said about him and his music i'm just that's off the table now i he, he is an ambassador to our city and absolutely you know, to, to have a tragic death in his family that that same week i can't imagine what you know what he's going through so our thoughts are with with him he's you know he's a charlatan through and through and i buy all his stuff just because because he's from charlotte and he clearly has the best interest in the growth of our city um so so shout out to him Hey, real, real quick story. Hey, I got a, I got a quick shout out and a really quick story. So I went to my alma mater, West Charlotte High School, to vote, and, and and you know I, I ran into Anthony Morrow, and I actually also ran into uh, Yandrick Pryson, who was who was the organizer of that event that went down at West Charlotte. So Yandrick said, "Hey, man, you need to stick around." And I said, "You know what, man? I got stuff to do. I'm busy today. Can't really hang around, but you know I like what you're doing." So I look on Facebook 10 minutes later, and one of my favorite rappers, Common, is giving essentially a free concert wow. at West Charlotte High School. 
So guess who missed out on his favorite rapper at West Charlotte High School? Shout out to Common for blessing Charlotte with some with some with some good stuff this weekend as well. Uh, also played his part in getting people out to vote, man. So shout out to Common as well. Um, I want to give a shout out to the people, man. Uh, record turnout, man. Uh, let's do this every e every election, midterms, every election. People, you have more power than you think. Like like these elections matter. Uh, things things have actually changed. Uh, as far as these little jurisdictional elections, like in Georgia, for instance, the uh, the uh, prosecutor for the Ahmad Aubrey case, she was let go. Uh, she got voted out. I mean, these things matter, man. And 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 finally, man, count all them votes, man. <laughs> Just count all the votes. Count every last one. Every last one of the mugs, man. Look, I'm willing so, to wait. Look. So hopefully, so hopefully, the election is over by next Friday. <laughs> hey man, look, 20 years ago we waited 36 days. But I'm uh <laughs> but thank you guys for watching under construction, man. Hey guys, this uh, is fun, man. Hey, we, we need to do this again. This is fun, man. We do. We, yeah, we, like, uh, Anthony Badillo says trade Nick Batum for better presidential candidates. I'm <laughs> awesome. A, a plus comment. A plus comment. Yes, sir. We will see y'all Sunday after we get boat raced by the Kansas City Chiefs, y'all. <laughs> yeah. Peace. Okay, <laughs> <a> quick one. <laughs>